Hey everyone, it's Amanda Bolin again with the She Did It Her Way podcast. And today I have with me Miss Sidonia Swarm, who is the founder of Real Dietitian. And it's a pretty cool startup that she had just began. And when we sat down for the first time and chatted when I met her, I was absolutely blown away. This girl is, she is fresh, not even like people say fob, like fresh oh. off the boat, but Sidonia, you're. <laughs> FOC, like, oh, wait, no, that, that wouldn't sound right. But I'll take it, whatever. Yeah, you're, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, but you're fresh out of college. And so oh, I like, okay, I'm, yeah. I like that. And I just think you have a really incredible, unique story because you definitely took this big leap. So without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Sidonia. And she, I just share with us like your history, your background, and what's been your path since like right before you left college and then to where you are now. And feel free to chat away and take it away. So Okay, sure. It sounds good. Um, well, yeah, as Amanda said, I graduated college, what is it now, about six months ago from you. <laughs> this crazy. You're so young. Back. I know, I know. Um, six months ago at University of Miami, and I originally started college on track to become a dietitian. I've always been interested in how food affects health and I'm very much into plants before pills and finding different alternatives instead of resorting to medicine. So this, you know, fueled my interest in it. I started interning, working with dietitians and then became very frustrated of the reality of where the dietitian fit in the healthcare system now. So instead of pursuing the track of becoming a dietitian, I figured I'd take a more creative approach in the business sense. So completely switched my major to management entrepreneurship and did all this like private practice um, marketing and branding work to still stay in the industry. But I knew I couldn't work in the industry, if that makes sense. I knew I had to do something to like change it, tweak it, and really, um, you know, lift up the dietitian. So um, senior year came around for a business plan competition, and I figured game on, you know, it's, it's time to put all these thoughts together. So I figured we would solve the problem of low patient utilization of dietitians by um, telemedicine. So and I'm gonna connecting patients. Gonna yeah, of course. Yeah. Really quick. I know that when we had met, what, like, share with us a statistic that – like you talk about underutilization. Mm -hmm. I mean, oh, like stats, like yeah. stats, stats. Okay, so currently, right now, there are about like thirty-four million America Americans who are eligible for medical nutrition therapy for free. So this means for three hours out of the year, you can talk to a dietitian, and your insurance will absolutely reimburse you. But the utilization is four percent, and that's incredible. So I figure, you know, even if we can move the needle like two or three percent, we're still helping hundreds of thousands, millions of people. So that's kind of our little spark of the problem we're trying to solve. That's incredible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So tell us about of course. leaving, like graduating. What was that like? It's, it's kind of funny. Like people say like, oh, it's such a risk. It's so extreme. It just felt right. There were no jobs there were no paths that I was like, this is for me. I feel like I'd kind of be compromising, kind of like compromising my beliefs. Like I know there's a problem. I know somebody needs to solve this utilization. So why not have it be me? Because I have, you know, the experience in dietetics and also kind of understanding the healthcare ecosystem and the business side of it. And, you know, why not the team? Why not our team? Yeah, that's incredible, especially being – like fresh out of college and there's yeah. so many 
things that I hear from people in college who have just graduated and then people my age who have been out of college for five or six years and who are in positions and jobs that do want to leave, but then there's that scare and that risk. But for you, I mean, to not even go into a corporate, if you will, or full-time gig, like what was that in comparison to what Um, a lot of your peers were doing? That's actually a really good point. Um, I've, I mean, I just got back from the weekend with my best friends. Half of them are working on Wall Street now. And they just, the corporate setting, um, some people love it, but some people are just like very unhappy just looking for the next step. And I figure, you know, if the world ends tomorrow, don't you want to be doing something you love? And I never saw this as really like a viable path for myself. Um, It's also, I come from a family who, you know, kind of created this monster. My family started their own business. So did my grandparents. So I I grew up with this. I grew up with this mentality. Also, I'm like adore traveling and just adventuring. So I think it's amazing how much like your travels and your experiences can really influence your like career as well and your like business mindset and how you look at, you know, situations and challenges. Mm -hmm. What do you... Thing. I had a question, but now it just yeah. like escaped me. Maybe it's, it's uh, all <laughs> And I'm echoing. So if you guys are listening, I apologize on that. The like, were there any naysayers when you said no? Oh, 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 I could. We might have to be on this call for a lot longer because. Um, well, tell us about that because yeah. I think that's important for people to so to hear that and to know that that's part of. The no- like that's part of the normal process if completely. you decide to do something completely drastic completely. and against yeah. the norm. So dive I, into that. A couple favorites. Um, I – let me think of like – oh, this this one was good. I went down to the national convention of like diet- dietitians a couple months ago and we're doing recruitment. We're doing um, like the largest telemedicine recruitment for dietitians. Sitting there, this old um, – one of – someone higher up in the – hierarchy of things comes up to me and was like honey it's a shame you never became a dietitian it's a shame you never finished your schooling like it's like it's okay maybe one day you'll go back to school and I'm like oh wow we we are going to become the biggest employer of this like you know industry one day like please don't tell me it's a shame so that like some things you have to laugh off and are kind of funny um I'm trying to think of other like naysayers oh we were at a competition and um, the judging panel just said, like, you're tackling too big of a problem. You know, this is too big of a problem. It's healthcare. You should probably stick to something smaller. And that was something that really just, like, stuck with me and fueled my fire because, you know, if no one's going to tackle the big problems, then why do we wake up every morning? You know, why are we here to help people? So um, that was a big one. And then I always get the um, – this is, like, genuinely maybe two or three times a week – from like middle-aged men, like, oh, you could be my daughter, you can be my daughter. And that's when you just look them in the eye and like, yeah, yeah. so like back to the conversation, like, okay, you're that's, like, and yeah, okay. and I'm not, like, I have an awesome dad and you are not my father, so moving on, like, it's, it's funny how, um, you know, they try to, I don't know why, and it's never really like been negative or like demeaning, but they always like to bring up my age yeah. for if we're talking about something, nothing to do with it, but it's all good. Yeah. That's so like, how do you mentally get through that being a young female entrepreneur? Um, I mean, I think there becomes a point where you, 
like you tell yourself you're doing this for a reason. Um, if it was easy, easy, other people were doing it. You, you understand, like, think about it. Anything you do is like a mosaic. There's so many different pieces to it and no one fully understands that mosaic as well as you do. So um, I think just like kind of having that faith and like I'm innately very optimistic. So I think that pulls in my favor too. Because if you were a pessimistic person, um, you definitely would not be taking risks. So um, I, th- I think a lot of self-confidence and um, in not, not in a cocky or arrogant way whatsoever, but just like assurance of like you're doing the right thing, you know. And yeah. if you're not, own your mistake and, you know, learn from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good advice, and that's so true. Uh, so when you guys, you did the, the business plan competition at school for Real Dietitian, <laughs> yes. and then you went to these large trade shows, and you started recruiting for these online dietitians. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us, tell us the business model of how your company works, and then sure. die, and then we'll go from there. But I want to dive back into like, what did it look like? What's the first six months? of you leaving college to building this up actually like look like and the trenches and the highs and the lows of it? Sure. Of course. Okay. So, um, actually starting off the business plan competition, the business plan model was like a benefits basis and how it was originally called executive decisions in, it was a like upper level benefit to provide people with on-demand access to a dietitian, mostly like weight loss wellness market. Turns out that's entirely different what we're doing now right now we're more clinically medically intensive and like doctors refer people to us so we have nothing to do with like the corporate wellness market that's such a flooded market right now that we want to steer clear of that because um you know there's enough people doing stuff there so i that entirely changed our customer segments and how we were approaching it um i'm trying to think of actual progression. I'll, I'll dig into the model right now. So what we are is we're like a virtual private practice. So many times people go to their doctors and they're said like, oh, you need to consult with the dietitian. You know, there's one a couple miles away. Here's their phone number. Make your appointment. There's extreme leakage in that referral process. So what we're trying to do is um, educate doctors to let them know that we're a valid referral option. So patients can take care of all their um, medical nutrition therapy, it's called through the phone or video appointments. So it's it's basically like the private practice model. It's just online. And we also work with telemedicine companies who offer their services to either insurance clients or um, through their employers. So it is um, definitely different than how it started. It's funny how that works. And especially in healthcare, it's, um, it's a silly industry to say the least. There's well, so many different paths. Yeah. And there's, remember, it's a big problem, according to whoever told you that, which I'm sure it is as you dive in and and everyone knows Mm -hmm. that. There's probably, like, so many facets. So what, like, walk us through the first three months of, like, gathering a team, any sort of seed funding, venture capitalist experience, because I know we talked a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. That's, oh, my gosh, yeah. (laughs) Good and bad stories. Um, Sure. So we started – how it started was I've been working with Jenny Westerkamp. She is a dietitian in Chicago, and I actually was an intern for her on her book two years ago. So she was an advisor from me from the business plan competition and um, came back to Chicago, had a meeting with her, and was like, Jenny, you get it. Like, you understand there's a need for it. She's a very, like, out-of-the-box thinking dietitian. Like, you want to do this. So she hopped on board. 
She's on the team. She knew a couple people. Liz, who's our director of recruitment, is awesome. She's outside the box. And then I like, it was so funny. It was like fate how we met um, our tech guys. It was at 1871 in Chicago. Um, we always joke. We like met over tea at the Intelligentsia Cafe. And um, <laughs> it was so funny because we always joke. We're like, you know, we started like doing projects together. And then we're like, you know, it's getting serious. Like, are we official yet? Like, of course we use this comparison. And we, when like investors like or people were like, how'd you guys meet? We'll like joke. We'll be like, oh, we met on Tinder. Like, you know, it's just like, it's funny how um, it was a very like, a, like, you know, very comfortable with them. They, I really like their work. They are really invested in what we're doing. And so one thing led to another where we did need to bring on full-time developers and, you know, people who really take a interest in it. So then they hopped on board. Um, that worked out beautifully, you know, that marriage between our team and them. Mm -hmm. And um, we also have a, a, a outside the box thinking um, dietitian here on sales. So it was funny how when you have an idea and people are passionate about it, um, your team just works and everyone has such good energy and good vibes and like kind of fiery problem solvers. So it's funny how it meshed together nicely. Yeah. What about your, oh, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. well, I, back to your comment about, about the team. I a hundred percent agree with that. And if everyone, I mean, it's all about the vision. If people see the vision and it's the same vision, then rock on. If there are exactly. different visions, it's like, okay, we yeah. got to pick one. <laughs> and exactly. if not, then maybe you go on a different train. So tell us through, because again, I mean, I think your story, your story is extremely unique in the fact that you, like I said this before, you're right out of college, you're young, um, you're vibrant, you have this great plan like there had to be highs and lows. Tell us Absolutely. about the VC process. I mean, what sure. did that look like? Um, I definitely started like the first uh, couple months. I was like, you know what? Nope. I want to nail down our model. I don't want to be talking to VC. Not that I don't want to be talking, but I don't want to enter conversations of potential investment. But people were approaching us saying like, hey, we want to invest in you. It's amazing how people just want to throw money. They don't even understand your model, but they want to throw money. So we had... um. The one that comes to mind was one of the funniest um, investor meetings um, I sat through with Kristen where a man offered to invest in us in return for us preparing meals out, oh of, his place, out of his place of worship. And um, we were just so confused by this. And that just goes to show how, you know, people think an idea is hot. They think it's great, but they really don't understand the model. And when you're accepting money, you want people who understand your model Smart money, you know, people who will make those connections, give you the distribution. And it hit a point where I'm like, you know, we're going to, we're going to look at, what is it like? I'm thinking of in dating, like, it's not you, it's me. It's like, <laughs> like really, like, it's me, like, it's us. Like, we need to figure out what we're doing. And then we'll be, um, you know, open for the fundraising. And we recently just um, raised our seed round. So we're going to be moving down to Baltimore um, to do a pilot with Hopkins in the next couple weeks. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that Congrats. will be um, Thank so you. Exciting. I know. I didn't know if I even told you yet. So yeah, we're um, super pumped for that. And it comes a perfect timing because we're looking to raise a Series A um, by the end of the year, hopefully middle of the year. And this lines up beautifully because we need to get some like quantitative data just to prove some things on like the telehealth front. So it's kind of <laughs> like wait, wait for the right opportunity, and we definitely waited. And then this Hopkins experience is hopefully going to be awesome. What was well, that's, that's um, well, first, that's really exciting. Thank and you. The second thing is 
when you, what was it like to tell people no? Um, what was it like? It was one of those, like, it's not you, it's me. Um, we have things we need to figure out. The time's not right for us. Yeah, um, it like, definitely like, sounds like marriage. No, this is hilarious. Right. So, but, okay. So even to go deeper than that, because yeah. I, like, that's what you said, mm-hmm. but what, what yeah. how did you know? Because I think a lot of times, and I forget where I read this, but with entrepreneurs and, and I myself, like, it's that shiny mm-hmm. object syndrome, like, oh, piece of candy. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, just because you're asked doesn't mean you have to say yes, right? Where that FOMO, did we talk about FOMO? I think we talked about FOMO when we last (laughs) hung out. Like the fear of missing out where like what allowed you to be concrete in the fact that you were, you, you were, you were so confident to say no. I think it goes back to the confidence and like having that um, optimistic view, but just understanding like there's always there's always something better waiting. Mm-hmm. Of course, you need to take opportunities. But if something – I get this from my mom all the time. She's like, if you don't feel right about something, don't do it. You know, mm-hmm. just don't. And there was never a time where, like, I felt right about it and um, wanted to hold off. Because think about it. When you accept investment, like, you are kind of, like, married for life to them. Oh, God, And yeah. um, <laughs> it's like you don't, you don't want that. So um, it's definitely – and the expression um, – what is it? Ask for money, get it, or ask for, ask for advice, receive money, ask for money and receive advice. That's like a slogan or a quote that they yeah, use. Yeah, it's from investment. a song. I want to say is it? it's like, is, is it Jay-Z? Really? Wait, no way. I feel bad I don't even know this. No, Where it's in it? a lyric, but yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a great quote. And it's, it's so true, I think, when it came to the fundraising side of it. And like people who are going to give you the good advice, you're going to want to... Um, go with because there's some sort of like you know you hit it off with them and it just makes sense it feels right mm-hmm. yeah so where are you where are you guys at right now with real dietitian we um so what we're doing in the next couple of months is we're just building a virtual private practice in the chicagoland area and there's a lot of education that comes with it with um providers so our targets right now for like more of our sales and marketing is with um, doctors, uh, physical therapists, and really the referrers, and just building um, the word with them. And then we'll be at Hopkins, and then hopefully, you know, May June will be the time for like our Series A, so that we can like catapult this proven method in the Chicagoland area to other um, cities in the United States. Wow, that is. Crazy exciting. So um what did you dang it? I had another question and I tell you it like flies away, but it was about oh yes. Well okay, walk us through like a typical day for you. (laughs) Or maybe you need to give a couple of days because of course I feel like it is probably always changing. It's yeah, it's definitely always different. Um I always have my tea in the morning, sometimes coffee, (laughs) and then make my green smoothie, and then I feel like I can take on the world. Um, (laughs) Right now in Chicago, um, well, I'll walk you through my day today if you want, if that... Yeah. I'm actually, um, I'm leaving for San Francisco in a couple hours, so... (gasps) What is in SF? It's, um, there's like a health tech conference out there, and there's, um, 
like an investor breakfast. So we were invited out there and then we're meeting with um, a couple potential clients out there. So I'll be spending the next two days and then I get to hang out with my brother and friend too, which I'm looking forward to. And we're going to go snowshoe hiking in Yosemite. So Very I'm like fun. really pumped right now. Yeah. I, I need some like mountains compared to flat Chicago right now. Uh, and like <laughs> yucky snow, but yes. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. Sorry. I just love SF and, and wine country. I, <laughs> I agree. Um, yeah. Typical day. It was a lot of, it's a lot of meetings. I would say um, I'm kind of the marketing sales crazy lady who runs around as opposed to like more product development. So I usually have um, coffee, lunch, breakfast meetings almost every day. Um, I'm at 1871 in and out of here. The Sean and Thomas are awesome tech guys. They do most of their work out in Lakeview. So we'll definitely like, you know, do um, not that people, I'm sorry, if you're not from Chicago, you're probably like, what the heck's Lakeview? (laughs) (laughs) It's a great area of the city with awesome coffee shops to get work done. Um, But yeah, everything from working out of 1871, it's the technology incubator in Chicago. So having meetings here, um, meeting with clients in Chicagoland area, talking to people in the industry. Um, you know, people, it's amazing that the health tech community is fantastic where people always want to introduce you to other people. And it's a very like friendly environment. So there's definitely a lot of, um, as cliche as it sounds, networking, but definitely a lot of networking events and, you know, just immersing yourself and spreading the mission of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm more of the people side of it, but then also um, there's a lot of operation stuff that needs to be got, done when, um, you know, the team needs help with that. Yeah. What, like for you during your day, if something goes awry and not <laughs> to plan, because that happens. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like how, how do you stay focused? Um, when it's summer, I love rollerblading along um, the lake when it's. I need to, like, I'm definitely, I need to move my body. I feel like that kind of resets me when I'm, like, stressed or something doesn't go according to plan. Um, also, just picking up the phone and calling someone, like, for me, like, to hear someone's voice of, like, you love or, like, a parent or a friend just to, like, get some sanity back in your life. If something, you know, like, really hard happens, it's great to talk to somebody outside of the little bubble you're in. Mm -hmm. I think that's great to just be, like, pulled back down to the ground. And especially when you have friends who kind of tell you like it is. Like, that's so important. Um, I would say those are the, like, exercise and just, like, talking to people you love. And then, for me, going to the lake, just seeing some sort of nature and getting away from people. Yes, that is definitely relaxing. And I think it's underestimated – on how important it is to take the downtime versus continually burning yourself out for all, all human beings. And so I'm one thing that I'm curious about and what I found mm-hmm. when I chat with people is that there, I believe that every, our lives are journeys and that it's almost like everyone has their own goosebump storybook. Are you familiar with the choose your own adventure? No. What? No. Oh what my is, gosh. We're wait, not. No. Okay. Wait, so explain. Anyone's listening and Sidonia, the Goosebump Choose Your Own Adventure book is where you read the first page and it'll say that if you choose to go down the dark and scary path to the right, turn to mm-hmm. page 50. If you choose to go through the red door on your left, go to page 78. So you have this choice to make, like, which, so which, fun. yeah, which path do you want to take? 
And based on your choice and your decision, your story will be different. And, and I take that and I look at our lives and say, every single day is a choice and we can choose. The only difference between our life and Goosebump is that, and I did this all the time, is that I would like, okay, which option do I want? And I would look at both and then I'd go, yeah, I want that one. Well, then I would look at the next one and I'm like, no, 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 I don't want that path. Well, you can't do that in life. So for you, whether it was in college or even the past six months that you've been out, Mm-hmm. Was there a key choice and decision that you made that totally catapulted you in, that catapulted you in the direction that you are now heading and in? That's a good question. Um, I would. That's okay if you take. Yeah, a second. yeah. I'm yeah. Thinking, like one decision. Um, I yeah. I would say. I kind of what I talked about earlier of how I wanted to go the dietitian path and I was going to go to grad school right after I graduated undergrad. I was going to stay in Miami. Um, for me, like I adore Miami. That's like, that's my energy. That's my happy place. And I think, um, it's as cliche as it sounds like ripping myself from that kind of like lifeline of life and energy and coming back to Chicago. Um, and then being like, you know, I might not be where I want to be for the next couple months, couple years, but like we're going to help a lot of people doing this. There might be times where we're uncomfortable. We're not making the money we need to make. I mean, I'm, it's fine. Like I have the most supportive family, so that doesn't matter. But um, I think immediate like happiness and then like future happiness. If Does that make sense? You know, like no, comfortableness. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely like more, it would be very comfortable if I stayed in Miami, became a dietitian, got a clinical role, you'll roll and just like stayed there. But mm-hmm. I think there would be a lot of emptiness with that as well, because I knew there could be more of what we're doing, if that yeah. makes sense. And oh, I think yeah. kind of, I have, it sounds funny, but I was um, with my family in Slovakia. My, most of my family lives there. I'm at my cousin's house studying for this anatomy test in the garden. And I'm just like, so frustrated. It was in the summer and I was making up credits so I could um, apply to dietetic school early. And I remember just like closing the book and being like, I'm done. Like, I'm done with this. Like, Peace out. I'm like yeah. Just, and that whole summer I spent in between Slovakia and Croatia. And this again sounds so cliche, but I was listening to the book on tape, the Tim Ferriss um, four hour <gasps> work week book. I adore oh, that book. <laughs> so amazing. And I can't, I don't even remember Like, I feel like that book comes up all the time. So you guys, if I, if you're listening right now and I've talked about the Tim <laughs> Ferriss book of the four hour work week and you have not read it, you have to read buy it. it. Yes. Read it. Yes. And it, you know, take it for what he's worth. He's a weirdo. I'm a weirdo. We're all weirdos. Like right. it's great. So, but I think it was, um, like reading that and just like knowing like, I'm going to go home to like, you know, two more years of school and just kind of be in a conveyor belt and like do this path and like, yo, like this isn't me. So I think that epiphany of like, I had to make that decision about a year before I graduated. So that epiphany was like, kind of set me up for like, okay, I'm going to be jumping off this cliff once I graduate, but hopefully it's a cliff into like blue, peaceful, not peaceful, blue, beautiful water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, peaceful at the moment. <laughs> and I, there are two things that really stuck out from what you just said. One uh-huh. is that you had a pivotal decision to make and it required you to, I mean, make a decision. And number two is that you were able to delay the instant gratification of security and comfort. And 
the you like you knew what your path would be where the path that you did choose it was unknown you would mm-hmm. have to leave Miami but you were willing to give that up for a further like delayed gratification for a vision and I think Very I really believe up. yeah that those two things are extremely important and for people to hear that I mean including myself that sometimes because I was in the same I was really antsy after I graduated college and I'm like this is not where I want to be and (laughs) I was like that kid if you would just imagine I was like kicking and screaming and thinking this is not it this is not it because it just that wasn't what I had envisioned yet now in hindsight that was the right path for me to take and it sounds like it was the same thing like you decided I'm going to delay my gratification immediate gratification for long-term success and that is it, that's really, really cool and impactful to hear, especially from someone so young that you, you did it when you were in college and then just graduated. It's really inspiring to hear I definitely that. like to tell people who are listening to it, the earlier, the better, because think yes. about it. The longer you wait, the more excuses there are. Just do it. Like, just yes. do it. Yeah, it's yes. true. It's true. That is so true because then all these – mind traps start coming in and then you're yeah. you're actually in a salary that is comfortable and exactly. pays well and you can move up in management in a year and there's all these things where it was it's just you you just gotta do it you gotta rip the band-aid off and not think about it and just completely trust and Com- like what is comfortable you know like come on like comfortable sounds boring let's be real. <laughs> I know <laughs> like like yeah. if somebody would be like, oh, things are comfortable right now. I'm like, you are not having fun. <laughs> like, I know. I know. It's like just, I mean, don't, I think there's, cal- I really believe there's calculated risk and then yes. there are being risky. And I know for me, like I, when I quit my job, there is definitely risk. I still had student loans up the wazoo. You still have your card payment, your rent yeah. payment, but it's also part of the believing in yourself and say, like, if you lead with the mindset of, eh, it might work. I don't really know if yeah. I can do that. Well, you already just shot yourself in the foot. You got to say, exactly. no, I am doing it. I'm going to do it. I'm believing myself. So that is super exciting. So you're going to San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. You're moving to Baltimore. Um, well, we'll definitely. <laughs> Said yeah, no one, just, yeah. I, have you ever been to Baltimore? I don't know that much about that it. So I'm excited for the adventure. One state that I have not been to, but, uh, or not state, but city, but yeah, state. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, you'll have to let us know how it goes. I will, will do. Will <laughs> like, do. <laughs> follow up with us on that. So two <laughs> last questions. Of course. One is what piece, if you give one piece of advice, doesn't matter the age, but like one, the biggest thing that you learn piece of advice. And then number two, I always ask this, what is one book that is a must read? Okay. I'll start with the book and then I'll go into the advice. Um, when it comes to the book, I love, um, Ben Horowitz is book, the hard thing about hard things. Mm. He, um, it's great because it's real talk. You know, he doesn't sugarcoat anything clearly by the title. Um, It doesn't sound like a a feel good. Um, It was, what was it called again? The Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz. And of course, of course I love it because he incorporates street art in the cover. And then throughout the book, he sprinkles in like rap lyrics with his like journey of becoming what he's become. And um, I adore that. I think that's fantastic, you know, to Mm -hmm. intermix the two. And yeah, it's just a great read. It's an easy read and he's brutally honest about everything. And I think that's kind of um kind of a good Bible to read of people right now in a situation where they're not comfortable and they kind of 
are frustrated and to be like, okay, this is what, you know, our boy Ben went through. This is nothing. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> what I'm going through is nothing. He went through a lot worse. So I think that's great to read. Um, and then the biggest piece of advice for me, I think just stick to your gut. Like, you know what you're doing more than anyone else and just like go with it. If there's a problem, go solve it. And like, there's no one better to solve it than you if you're the one willing to do it. So like stick, stick to it and like solve problems. I feel like many times people start companies to become like, I say the E word, like entrepreneur, like what the heck is an entrepreneur? You know, like there's nothing behind it. Like, I think um, people need to become problem solvers and then just like own it. And then if you're a problem solver, in turn, you'll become a successful entrepreneur. Very, At least very that's how I feel. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, Sedonia, thank you so of much. Of course. For your thank you so much time. for having me. So much fun. Yeah. I always told you, I'm like, every time we hang out, like the time just flies. And I tell you, the past like 35, six yeah. minutes, I'm like, where did the time go? So <laughs> it's a lot of word vomit on my end. So I'm sorry. I can no. tell. As you can tell. The, the, if it was, if it, if it, uh, if it was structured, it would probably be a little bit, little, little <laughs> less um, entertaining and probably a lot, a whole lot of boring. So, and yeah, that's awesome. But yes, thank you again. Good luck in San Francisco. We'll keep up with you. If you guys want to find out more information, check out the show notes. Otherwise you can visit realdietitian.com. Again, it was with um, Sidonia Swarm. And with further ado, I hope everyone has a wonderful day. And thanks again, Sidonia. Of course. Thank you. Bye guys. Bye.